March 4th as amended by Commissioner Miller. Thank you, Brian. Is there a second? Second. Uh, was that you, Andy? No. Uh, Jim DeFrance. Jim DeFrance. Ah, yeah. Jim, Jim, thank you. I'm going to take the position that all the commissioners approve unless not. And if you don't, please indicate by saying no. Hearing none, minutes of March 4th, 2021 are approved. Uh, now I'd like to deal with the minutes of March 18th, 2021. Uh, are there any additions, corrections, and or um, deletions over and above that, which Linda, did you apply, does that apply to both minutes or was it just the fourth? Okay. Only applied to March 4th, not March 18th. Okay, might there be a motion to approve the minutes of March 18th, 2021? I move we approve the minutes of March 18th, 2021. I'll second that Thank one. Thank you, Ryan, is there a second? Bill did. Thank you, Bill. Once again, unless there are objections, um, I'm taking the position that the commissioners approve unless they don't by, by saying no. Hearing no no's, the minutes of March 18th, 2021 are approved. Next item for consideration is the Landolette subdivision. Um, as indicated on the agenda, this matter needs to be tabled until 2021. There's really two petitions here, so the chair will entertain a motion to table the landlet petition until May 6th of 2021. I move we approve PL 21108 to... Not, not approve, not approve, table. Table, table excuse me, table, uh, to May 9th, right? Sixth. May 6th, May 6th, 2021. All those, uh, is there a second to that motion? Uh, Bill seconded it. Thank you, Bill. All those in favor of this tabling, please indicate by saying yes. 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 Anyone opposed, please say no. Motion is carried. We need a second motion on the zoning change. Same topic. Okay, I'm rolling. PI, I move we approve 21. 109 PL 21109 or table, excuse me, table until May 6. We have a motion to table PL 21-109 unto May 20, May 6, 2021. Might there be a second? Second. Second. Is that you, Jim? No, that was not me. That was Ren. Thank you, Commissioner Martin. Perfect. Again, all those in favor of tabling PL 21-109 to May 6th, please signify by saying yes. 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 Opposed, please say no. Motion is carried and it is tabled on to May 6, 2021. Moving right along, next item on the agenda would be administrative report. Um, Christy, that's your show. But as I forewarned our three new commissioners, We'd maybe like to take a minute from each and just hear a little bit about themselves. And so I think with that, I'm going to usurp your authority, Christy, and start with uh, Jim. Uh, on. I'm on. Okay, great. Uh, thank you. I'm uh, a recent resident in uh, Rob County, but a longtime resident in Colorado. I'm actually fourth generation 
My family on both sides came in the 1870s and 1880s. Uh, they started in the mountains. Um, my paternal great-grandfather uh, was first in Ashcroft up near Aspen, then he moved to Como. My grandfather was born in Como, then they moved down the Front Range. My father was born in Louisville, and then I was born in Denver. On my mother's side, uh, they settled in the Idaho Springs, Georgetown area, where uh, again, my grandfather was, um, uh, uh, great-grandfather was a miner. Um, they left and went to uh, South Dakota to homestead and open a ranch. So I've got some ranching blood on my side. Um, but then my grandmother came back um, when she was in her early 20s in the early 1900s. So my mother was born there. And, um, and, and as I noted, I was, uh, I was born there. Um, and uh, so I've got a long history in Colorado. As to development and planning, also long history. I'm a graduate of the Naval Academy. I graduated with an engineering degree, seven years of active duty, 20 years in the reserves. I was actually in the supply corps, dealt with finance and logistics and, um, and real estate uh, within the Navy. Um, entered the development business when I left active duty. I've been in that business for 40 years. Uh, done lots of it around the country, large scale land development, um, some suburban, considerable suburban development in uh, Washington, DC, Baltimore, Philadelphia, um, morphed into resort development. I've uh, been doing that for the past 20 years in Colorado, South Carolina, California uh, with my partners. Um, and I've also continued to do a lot of public service in a variety of categories, <clears throat> held a number of uh, senior advisory positions in the Pentagon um, for the last 20 years, including till now. And um, what else have I done? I've done some public service um, in a variety of states that include planning commission service in Aspen. Um, I've also been a trustee, I'm a life trustee of the Urban Land Institute. I've been an advisor to a number of governments uh, actually around the world on planning and growth policies. And um, I'm anxious to start serving Rob County, which we're very happy to call home for the past seven years. My wife and I are delighted to be here. We moved over here from Aspen where I lived for 20 years. I don't need to tell you why if you've been to Aspen, it's, this is a better place. <laughs> so, so we're happy to be here. And uh, as I mentioned, I've got some ranching blood in my family and cousins still run that family homestead up in South Dakota. And so I've, uh, I've been out kicking dirt with boots uh, off and on over my life. And I appreciate that aspect of our county. So I tried to make that as quick as I could, Steve. We're along I, Jim, you did an outstanding job. I'm impressed. Really quite good. Thank you very much. And Again, thank you for joining us and contributing your time and efforts here. Who wants to follow up with that? Yeah, right. <laughs> Roll the dice. Uh, Paul, you're on next. How about that? I'll make the decision for you. I appreciate that. I, I really appreciate that about this whole commission already. And um, so I moved here seven years ago as well to find, um, find my son and his um, high school sweetheart, newlywed wife, um, with our granddaughter and all in all, I've probably spent 25 plus years in real estate and various uh, capacities. It's been absolutely interesting being involved with the, um, excuse me, it's been great, excuse me, totally surprised me, caught me off guard, <laughs> totally. Anyways, I'm, I'm totally interested in planning. I'm totally interested in the community. Uh, I joined this commission because I, I spent a few years on, on city commission and was totally interested and, and wanted to continue to serve. And that's why I'm here. Excellent. We really appreciate that, uh, Paul. And thank, thank you. you. 
Ren, you would be last on the list. Last on the list. Here you go. Back of the bus. Uh, good evening, everyone. Ren Martin. have been in the Valley for 20 plus years. Uh, raised my two older boys here and finishing up with my 10-year-old, my wife, Heather, and I. Uh, originally from South Florida, what was a nice town, Jupiter, Florida. Grew up in a cattle family there. Uh, watched all of the growth and the positives and negatives of growth there. In addition to the positives and negatives of growth here, I've worn many hats here in the Valley in my professional life. Uh, been a developer in front of this commission um, in the county. I developed Red Hawk down in Stagecoach, Blacktail Meadows I was part of. Um, been in front of the commission on a number of, um, of the pit uh, applications um, against the pit applications, which were in my backyard at the time. Um, I also uh, own and operate the Wetland Army Corps EPA approved wetland mitigation bank that serves Route County and Eagle County. Um, and I am a land and ranch uh, real estate broker. I've been doing that for 15, 15 years or so. I kind of specialize in water and conservation. Um, I've been on a number of boards locally. I've been on the rodeo board, which we just got off of a board meeting for, I think, 15 years. Uh, was part of the Colorado Water Conservation Board roundtable for a number of years working on water issues, uh, Community Ag Alliance Board. Um, I'm also part of the Morning Rotary. So, and, and uh, happy to be a part of this. Um, I've watched for years as, as this commission has been instrumental in a number of applications and it was time for me to, to step up and serve. So thank you for having me. Uh, Ren, thank you for joining us. We really, truly appreciate um, your service and your volunteerism. And I think in behalf of all the commissioners, we all look forward to working with you and we're gonna go places. So thank you again. And Brian, as I mentioned, but I don't know if everyone was here, Brian is no longer an alternate. He's moved up to the position or representing Hayden. Congratulations, Brian. <laughs> okay, Christy, I've spoken enough. Your turn. All right, thank you, everybody. Um, so just to go over some housekeeping items, we do typically after appointments, procedurally, we need to elect a chair and a vice chair to the commission. However, um, because of the timing in this year, um, we had to spread interviews, as you know, over a two week period. Uh, we had a high level of interest, which is always a good thing, um, but it set us back to where um, we typically, the terms end and we start um, a new term. So um, in consulting with staff, we thought it might be best to put off those, um, those elections until our next meeting, just to get a feel for each other and, you know, the getting to know you period. And so you all um, could make an informed, a better informed decision of how you want to vote. Um, typically how that's done um, is when we're in person, I mean, this is a little different format over Zoom. So we're just trying to figure out procedurally how that will work. And um, we're thinking it would be best to either email Sarah and myself, or 
at the next meeting, what we can do is turn on the chat function during administrator's report. And um, I don't know if everybody, most of you probably know how that works, but if you don't, we can figure out another method. Um, and you could do a private chat to us so we can tally them up and announce who the chair and the vice chair is. Um, Steve has served as chair for, um, has been nominated, how long now, Steve? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> probably <clears throat> and he's probably done, six years. He, He's done a, a great job um, and forever. <laughs> well, Thank I you. guess uh, the peanut gallery over there is uh, yeah, chiming right. in over here. Andy, you'll get used to that, everybody. I'll be motion. I'll be making a motion that Steve continues his reign. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, just some that of the qualities. I mean, some... those of you that have served on boards and I can speak from staff, um, you know, you, you definitely want somebody um, presenting leadership and to really know how to control the meeting floor. Um, as you know, they can become really contentious. Um, so those are just some of the, the qualities you wanna just be thinking about when you are nominating. And then of course, um, vice chair um, is open right now. So um, we will put that on the agenda or you can expect that to be on the agenda for May 4th during administrator's report. I don't think we have to do that in the beginning of the meeting. We could probably wait to the end I think that's May 6th. I think it's May 6th. Too. But I say the 4th. I was yeah. just seeing if you guys are paying attention. That's all. It's uh, <laughs> okay. We passed. <laughs> you all passed. Um, so that will be on the next meeting. Other things I have lined up for us. Hey, Christy, is blah, 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 slow down. Slow down. Yep. Slow down. So for the benefit of everybody and myself included, there really will be two nominations. We'll need a nomination for chair. We'll need a nomination for vice chair. Yep. And then I think, and then you vote for each and we'll do this via chat. You think that'll work? I believe it will work. I just have to um, go into the settings and just, uh, I'll work on that and I can easily okay. figure that out. We just have it enabled right now right. because we don't want private conversations as you all know to be happening on the sidebar um, type conversation. So we have enabled that, but I can go in and set that up for us for that meeting specifically. I see having his hand raised. So, and I think we have two hands that are raised and I'm assuming it's specific to the topic at hand. So Greg has a question or his hand up. I was just wondering who would be interested in uh, trying to go for vice chair or chair for that matter and the interested people just to see who I could kind of think of be the perfect positions for it so that I have a week to decide to speak up uh Silent. Steve this is Jim uh, um I'd like to be modest about it but um I've had a lot of experience in chairing a variety of commissions and panels, particularly in the Pentagon. Um, and I've also served as a, a vice chair of historic preservation in Pitkin County. Um, so I've done it in the past, but I, I don't want to be presumptuous because I'm brand new. Uh, but running a meeting is something I have had expertise with, but I absolutely defer to the others who have served longer if they have preference. And you're running a hell of a meeting. so. I'm with uh, I'm with Andy. I'm a nominee. I'll second his nomination for you to keep running the show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like I look at I look at when listening to Jim and Ren make their um, 
you know, just they're telling us about themselves. They seem like they have a lot of experience. Jim seems like a natural choice in that position to fill in in your shoes when you're not there. You run a very clean and well-organized meeting, Steve, and I'd like to see that continue. It's been appreciated over over the years. Um, so I think, well, you know, any either of those guys could step in probably and fill your shoes. Um, but I don't know if anybody else has interest. All right. So oh, we couldn't go without Brian. Go ahead. All right. Sorry, I raised my hand. I had it up a moment ago and then took it down. <laughs> but are we meeting on April 29th? Um, we, we are not. Hold so on our one. next meeting is May 6th. Yeah, let me just double check, confirm that for you. We are not meeting on the 29th. Um, but that okay. rolls into my next topic. And, and that's, a, this is going to be a very brief meeting because we don't really have any business items to speak of. We table it. So <laughs> for trying to get to know each other, it strikes me, you know, we should do a, a like a bit. We're not in such a hurry to get a vice chair or a chair. We can continue as is till we do gel a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it, my that, opinion. That's actually a very good thought, Brian. But there's no big rush. There's, there's no big rush. I agree. Yeah, exactly. it's just form formality um or i should say traditionally it's always been done i don't believe there's anything in the books that requires us um to do this immediately so that's a good point too and I i'm good with that i'm good with what the commissioners would like to proceed on this all right so um, i had a question for brian though brian when you moved up to permanent from being an alternate that they double your salary when they did that well see i've been so flexible <laughs> that I, I didn't even know i was an alternate because i think originally i was an at large and we needed <laughs> we had an application if, if memory serves me correct but yeah. i never even asked the question um i just brian, kept... brian actually you know was it was really admiral of him to go ahead and volunteer to be an alternate um, to free up his at-large position at the time um, because of an applicant we had um, at the time and the locational requirements that are associated with that. So he actually volunteered to move over to um, be, to have somebody else eligible for the position. So with his good deed, he was then appointed. Then appointed, <laughs> right. And now, and now he's now he's moved up. So like I said, I was looking to see if it doubled his salary now that he's on the <laughs> well, Yeah, two times zero is still zero. And, <laughs> That's and right. As exactly. Commissioner uh, Benjamin often mentions the most, the biggest fringe benefit, which was the sandwiches and the potato salad right. and the chips that we get. You, Linda, you haven't even been part of this. You just haven't. <laughs> you just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and for the record, too, this is for what it's worth. And, and Jim, you sound like a top notch guy. Uh, um, I'm a former school board president. So I ran meetings oh, for two years. There you go. There's, so there's your credential. That, that could that be. Was, a and sometimes they would get contentious. <laughs> uh, can't matter. It's in parents and money uh, making right. a difference there. Um, <laughs> and, and we had the aspect of managing personnel, too, which could get interesting. And that could really get 350 people. Um, but Hey, we've got some good new blood here. Uh, our yep. county commissioners have, they've seen something in all of you, obviously, and you can see it already. 
Yeah. So, so when I, Christy, are we done with that part of it? Yeah, so keeping that in mind, it's not something we would schedule on the agenda. We would do it during administrators. So we can keep that flexible if you all felt you were ready and wanted to do that at our next meeting. We can certainly do that. If not, um, we could put it off until um, you all feel that you are ready to make those um, kind of decisions and recommendations. Um, so one of the Makes other sense. items that we have had on, on, the, um, on our radar is training. And specifically with our county attorney, once a year, they come in and they go over Robert's rules with you all. Um, and then, you know, when there are questions, you know, it's a Q&A and it's usually pretty well done. Um, it did not get to happen last year uh, for obvious reasons and the format that we were in. Um, but I had been coordinating with Eric, um, our county attorney and Linnea, our assistant county attorney on scheduling time and you all, the last time we spoke about this, said that you would be okay with a day meeting. However, we do have new commissioners. So I just, I know what most of your schedules are and your availability, but if something was scheduled during the day, if you had advanced notice, is that something that would be doable that you would prefer? Uh, Christy, I'll chime in and say, um, um, I, I would certainly be available with some advance notice that I'm still active in business and I'm on a couple other local boards and what have you. But uh, if I've got advance notice, um, I can always adjust uh, probably three times out of four. Okay. Typically we try not to schedule it, you know, when we have other meetings, it, it, it can, you know, I would say I would allocate it about an hour um, or less for the discussion. Um, and, you know, I was looking at the 29th, we didn't have anything scheduled there. I can also see if Eric was available, but his preference definitely was during the day with some of his other obligations he has at night. Um, so that is an option also, but I can definitely, you know, I'll give everybody advance warning and I can get, talk to Eric about a couple of different options and we can just do a little tally and hopefully, you know, find a day that works for everybody. So I will let you know about that. So you can expect an email of when that will be. Um, let's see. We also have next Tuesday, the COGCC for oil and gas. Um, most of you were on the last um, application that we had for the oil and gas application, the special use permit a couple of weeks ago. And you all um, knew and were aware that there are a whole new set of regulations that came forth. And because of this, the COGCC reached out and they're having their representatives reach out to municipalities and counties to do a presentation. And that is scheduled with the commissioners this Tuesday at one o'clock. Um, so I wanted to pass that information along if you were interested. It's not necessary, but, you know, um, it will be recorded. So if you can't make it, it will be posted to, um, they might even um, stream it live on Facebook, but it will be available um, to listen to. And I can send an invitation to everybody um, if you were interested to do that. Andy, I see your hand raised. 
has that application and recommendation moved in front of the, the board? No, yet? no. So um, there were some issues, as you know, um, planning commission recommended denial of the application and the applicants were trying to work with uh, the COGCC on, on some of the merits of the application. And they asked to table the application, which in my opinion was probably a smart move um, because there were a lot of, as you all know, unanswered questions. This was an old non-conforming um, oil well that had been there for years, never got a permit through the county, but got it through the state. And at some point along the lines, they moved, they must, I think they tapped into water and, um, they took it upon themselves and re-drilled like 50 feet away from where they had the permit from the state. So for years, it's been this issue that the um, county has been in litigation with these guys um, for quite some time. And they needed to come through the process to try to permit the oil well. And, um, you know, and then it got put off because the COGC was in the midst of coming up with all these new regulations and what we can and cannot um, require of them. Um, it used to be pretty hands-off, but actually the changes benefit the county's ability to um, actually put on more, more regulations and conditions, reasonable conditions for oil and gas type operations. So the meeting on Tuesday is actually going to be really beneficial for the, um, the BCC on the timing of it for them to get it direct and for us to have our questions, you know, staff, planning commission members, um, I think our county attorney has a bunch of questions lined up to get those answers on, is this really considered nonconforming because we weren't able to get an answer from the state before the meeting. Um, and I think you all did a great job in your decision based on the information that you were given. Um, so that's, that's something to look forward to. And um, I'll pass around that, um, that invite. It is already posted on the Tuesday agenda for the Board of County Commissioners. You can find it that way also, but I'll um, go ahead and send an invite because I always need a friendly reminder myself. So, um, with that, we also have a discussion just to keep in mind, no decisions have to be made, but um, there's been just a lot of talks through our department head meetings about the building and the soft opening of the building to the public. We are now fully opened to the public, including the annex, which that's where the planning department is and the annex building and the building department, we've been closed to the public. And the reason for that was we have public health downstairs from us and there were sec security risks with the vaccines being stored there as well as the clinics going on. Um, they decided this past Wednesday with two days notice by the way, um, for us to open the building to the public. Um, so we are open now and there are discussions about opening up the meeting rooms but I don't foresee that happening anytime in the short term. Um, the talks right now are um, the commissioners have some interest to have some limited public hearings available to them. 
keeping in mind social distancing and, and all the rest. Um, so at this point, I don't foresee us needing to move from the Zoom format unless there is a strong interest by all of you to meet in person. I think ideally that is our goal, but I think right now, since we're still in level yellow, complicates things for planning commission because we never know what the capacity is going to be for an application. And most of you have served on boards, right? We all know that you think it's a light agenda and the whole world shows up for something or, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. um, so it could be a little complicated right now, but it is on the radar to start having those conversations. The second part of that was Roberta had brought up and we had a discussion about potentially having day meetings. Um, it's never been done before for planning commission. And, um, you know, there, there was an interest, but I guess I would put it all back on you. My takeaway is that if we were in a Zoom format, it would be preferred during the day because um, we have more flexibility to do that. But just taking the temperature of, of the commissioners, if there is any appetite to A, move back into a public forum, traditional public forum, public meetings, um, and we can start drafting something of what that will look like. And then the second part of that question is, is there any interest, you know, polling the board for doing day meeting? All right, we lost Steve, he's going well, in so, and out. Since I recommended the day meetings, I mean, my thought was that if it was a real controversial issue where you knew like Carpenter Ranch or something where you knew there was gonna be a turnout, we could do a night meeting. But my preference, personal preference is to do a day meetings and I'm still happy with the Zoom. So I don't know, I heard the BCC was thinking about having both that you could, you could Zoom in, particularly in the winter. I don't really like, I'll be honest, I don't like driving in in the winter. When yeah, it's especially from up north. <laughs> yeah, I just, it's just not. It's not my interest. I'm happy to be participant and be in a Zoom meeting, but I don't, that's just me. And, and you know, to that point, we could be flexible. I, I imagine we, I mean, we have the capability of doing it and what that would look like to have that, you know, people that were interested to, or prefer to be in person, we can do that and have people, we have the screens available that we could, you know, do some sort of hybrid also. Um, so just, Pulling the board here on everybody's thoughts on that. Yep, Sarah. Um, I have Steve Warnke on my cell phone. <laughs> he is, I've now put it on speaker, and I'm going to see if I can. Um, That's what happens when you're zooming in from your boat down in Florida. <laughs> all right, all right. And we don't have a vice chair to take over. <laughs> right. So um, I think this is going to work in terms of the sound. We can hear him. You, you can hear him fine. Okay. Yep. So if you say, uh, if when I put my phone down, let me know. Okay. Um, anybody? Oh, Brian, you have your hand up. Uh, just a quick comment, sort of backing what R Roberta was saying about, especially in the winter, this Zoom has been great because. You know, Selfishly, I'm, I'm all for it too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're doing it from Phippsburg right now, and it's a long drive. You go to 10 or 11 o'clock, and then you're doing a half hour, 40 minute drive. That's that's a long drive in the winter. 
matters a lot less in the late spring and summer and fall. And just over the past year for, for the newcomers, it's, it's actually worked out really well. I mean, we haven't had many at all major mishaps, if you will. Um, Steve actually is the one that gets dropped the most. <laughs> However, <laughs> um, he's up in North Route, but that has changed now that they have um, the fiber up there and, and that's been better. But we really haven't had too many snafus, I'll say, um, during the process. Um, um, and I would totally agree with that. Um, I can't think of, uh, I think that Paul, uh, at the people went one side again, but yeah, I think that we have the fiber option. And frankly, I'm disappointed. I'm on AT&T down here. And for whatever the reason, people just kind of gave up the ghost. Sorry about that. So both Greg and uh, Andy and now Linda have their hands up. Great. Uh, to me, listening to the city plan, uh, city uh, planning commission, they brought up a good point about the hybrid that I'd like to bring up to us as well, is that they were uh, concerned that the people who are online would not get as much say as the people around the table just because of human nature and everything you're kind of discussing, you kind of forget the people uh, brought to mind. I think Steve does a great job with uh, handling everything of trying to call on each commissioner to get some input, but I think some policies would be a good thing if we're gonna go to hybrid. And, and that, that was specifically brought up um, at the department head meeting that they wanted me to draft some sort of policy like we did for the virtual format um, for either a hybrid or an opening plan or something like that to see what that would look like. And, and it's my indication that the commissioners aren't even looking to do this till about June-ish anyway. Um, and then that all really depends on what's going on with the pandemic and hopefully we're all moving in the right direction, right? So that's the goal, but um, you know, Paul, I'd like to hear from you also. I know Andy has his head up, but you know, you, you were in this format on Cities Planning Commission this past year. What are your thoughts? Um, I agree with the hybrid situation being um, a conflict in community dynamic. It's the people in the room are going to communicate with each other in, in many different ways of expression that you can't catch on Zoom and the people on Zoom would be left out. Having the, the Zoom platform over the last while has been just fine. And um, it's all worked out and, you know, you just have different protocols and, and how things work and how you interact. And um, it, it's a it's a having a unified platform is really going to be more beneficial for good decision-making. That's, that's a good point. Um, you know, thinking about that, that was one of the, I think the hardest parts for staff coming up with our remote policy for the Zoom, uh, for, for planning commission specifically, um, because we are bound by state statutes and, you know, there are really strict guidelines that we have to consider to make sure that, you know, it's fair and you're making sure that it, you have quality control over the situation, um, which I would probably argue you probably have more of that over Zoom than 
in in a room where you know if it's a controversial one and you have people shouting out and if you don't have you know a good chair and good thing we always did you know to kind of keep that all in check but i could see where a hybrid model could get dicey um but i mean i'm not opposing it something I would definitely reach out to Rebecca from the city and some of my counterparts to see whether that would, you know, how that is working for other people. And it's something that we can t look at all three, you know, and timings of that, of, of how we want to move forward. Uh, Sarah. Well, I have something to say, but I'd like Andy to go first because his hand's been up in a, for a while. Go ahead, Andy. Um, I, I would... I look forward to returning to the in-person format. I think the discussion, the discussion has been great in this format. And I think Zoom has done, we've done well with it. Um, but personally, I, I think the discussion benefits from the personal interaction a little bit. Um, so myself, I can understand the driving concerns, you know, live in the valley long enough and you drive in enough crazy conditions. <laughs> Nothing seems crazy. I just drove four hours for a volleyball game the other day. Um, you know, we drive far distances here. So I, I, I really look forward to the return of that. I think that um, in, in person format can be beneficial. Thanks, Andy. Um, so, so I, you know, I do this with a lot of different organizations and my experience is that in-person works great, Zoom works great, hybrid sucks. Um, to be Linda's had her hand completely up honest. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, Sarah. <laughs> that. Linda's had her hand up forever. The only thing that I, you know, as a new person to the commission at clear back to last October, not having had the opportunity to actually interact and meet the rest of the commissioners um, is the only disadvantage I see to Zoom. And now we have three more people that'll be in that boat. So all I would request is that if we're gonna continue on with Zoom, which is fine, I would like to see when everybody is comfortable from a vaccination standpoint or whatever, that we try at, as a planning commission and maybe the training meeting or a meeting at which we're not meeting um, because I realize with open record laws and everything else, we have certain meetings that must always be announced and held. But I would think we could have uh, a work session or something that could be live as opposed to Zoom just for the opportunity to get to meet each other. Um, both Jim and Brian have their hands up. Jim, I think Jim, Jim, you were up for me. Hey, hold on one second, guys. Linda, will you? I didn't see your hand raised at all. I can clearly see Jim's and Brian's. She will did you it, raise your? She did it physically. Oh, gotcha. Mm. Copy that's, that. Thank you. That's that body language part you you see in person. I was gonna. Uh, I was gonna try. My hand up function is not working on this particular computer. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, mine doesn't work either. Uh, I don't even have the option to, to have, you know. Steve, are you little... still with us? I am listening. Okay, just, just check Steve it in. So, so my, if I'm up, I, I was going to come in and, um, and kind of second uh, um, Andy's views. Um, I, I think there's a lot to be gained from in-person meetings 
we've all experienced Zoom for a year. We've acquired uh, um, expertise in doing it. We're accustomed to it. But in-person meetings allow for a different kind of communication. Um, there's sidebar conversations. There's the ability to read somebody's body language. Uh, sometimes you can communicate something just by nodding your head one way or the other. You know, I can lean over and whisper in Brian's ear and say, you know, that Steve is crazy. And then nobody else has to hear that. So, you know, uh, there's that just subtle communication that comes when you're there in person. And I think it also helps to develop uh, uh, stronger personal bonds and a, and a sense of your, of your colleagues. That said, I appreciate uh, one, we're, we're, we're dealing with distances here. Um, number two, we're dealing with weather here. And uh, what I've experienced recently is a pattern uh, on one of the corporate boards I belong to where we decided to just have uh, one live meeting out of every three. Um, that seemed to blend the two where you did have some personal interaction and some real time together and get to know each other better and develop your collegial relationships at the same time. It, uh, it was certainly efficient as it is now with this to have a zoom meeting. It, uh, we don't, not, we're not taking time driving to and from places and particularly those that drive further. So maybe some blend of the two um, might, might work where we have some zoom and, and some regular scheduled in person. So I'll offer that up as a thought. Thank you for that. Uh, Brian. So uh, the school districts throughout the state of Colorado were statutorily bound on this. There was a provision in state statute that you couldn't miss more than three meetings in a row or your fellow board members, school board members could dismiss you, an elected official. And then because of the communication we're all talking about, you know, the advent of all this stuff, they modified that statute somewhat that you could use a Zoom or a remote type, uh, Skype I think was the big one back then, a remote type application, but you were limited to the number of times you could do that in a row because of the value of the interpersonal connections and body language we've all talked about, yeah. So if we do go to a hybrid or something like that, or th that it sh should be limited, like not every, you know, Thursday night all winter is a bad night to drive home. There just might occasionally be some nights that you might want not want to do it. Yeah. I would, I would offer that, um, that it should be based on the agenda rather than on a random schedule. I think that if you went to a system where, you know, staff can pretty much look at the agenda yeah. and tell whether A, it's going to be controversial, yeah. whether it's going to be a long discussion, whether it's going to be one that has a big crowd or not a big crowd, because I think it's kind of um, asking a lot for people to drive as far as they do, especially in the winter for an hour long meeting. Whereas if it's a thing that's really going to be controversial and there's going to be a lot of people there, then I think it's more important for it to be live. Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's a really good point, Sarah. That's a really good point. Okay, okay Steve's talking. Hold on. <laughs> We can't hear him, Sarah. Yeah. What do you say? Yeah, you'll have to tell us what he's saying. Okay, he's saying, he basically says that he's echoing what I said. 
<laughs> and that um, that it's pretty obvious to staff when there are issues that are going to be controversial that really need to be discussed in person. And that that is well known when the agenda is put together. Yeah. And that based on that, uh, decisions could be made as to whether it should be a live or a Zoom meeting. Did, right. I Did I get you, Steve? Obviously subject to the approval of the petitioner. Okay. Yeah, and, and as you know, we typically go through in the administrator's report, which I was gonna to get to next, um, what the agenda looks like um, as we move forward because we have all of those posting requirements and advertising requirements. So we know at least 30 days in advance what the agenda is gonna look like typically. And then we try to fill in where we need to with training if we can or something like that. Um, so did anybody have any other comments on this subject? Ren, go ahead. Christy, um, can you uh, give a little bit more information in terms of what the, uh, the county commissioners are discussing? Are they discussing going to in-person full-time sometime in June? Um, it sounds like the discussion is, and I wasn't at the department head hearing. I, this is through the minutes that I was reading and just some of my colleagues, what they're talking about. It seems as if the board is a little split. Um, there are commissioners that prefer um, remote work and, and meetings, but there is definitely an appetite to have some sort of hybrid and they, they asked their staff, um, Kendra, who is their, um, their admin person, to basically draft some sort of policy for them so they can review it and see if they wanna move forward with some sort of hybrid. My guess is they're not really thinking about or they haven't gone to this step yet, having this robust conversation. So uh, the timing of that is, I mean, I, I regularly meet with the commissioners and I provide my monthly report to them. And this is something I'll definitely include at the end of this month in my report, say that we've had this conversation. They can obviously listen to the recording too, because I think there's been some really great comments and recommendations made here today. So- And we're gonna- it, Go ahead. We're gonna revisit this yeah, we're, we're going to definitely revisit this right now. It's just, you know, have starting that conversation. And then I imagine at our next meeting, we'll have, I'll have a little more information for you. And maybe I'll get with Sarah about some sort of proposal and what that will look like and when we would start that. My guess is it probably won't start to at least June, um, just based on what we have um, right now in the pipe and, um, and also we'll have a better perspective on what's going on with the pandemic and recommendations by public health. All right. So looking at, oh, I have one other item. Um, so we also um, need a representative by one of you. <laughs> <laughs> Or to join in on APCC, which is our Area Plan Coordinating Committee. Um, right now, Roberta is our representative <laughs> and we need two from Planning Commission. The Area Plan Coordinating Committee, committee 
um, was formed through the Steamboat Springs area plan. And it's a committee that essentially implements the action items and implements the plan. They, they monitor it. Um, it really wasn't active for quite some time. Um, it started getting some interest and we have been getting more momentum with the update of the master plan and also the city's interest to prioritize updating the area plan. Procedurally, and um, for those of you that, that didn't hear this in the past, um, the plan is right now, um, we hope to have the update of the master plan adopted by May, 2022, so next year. And we have some flexibility with that. Uh, the city wants to update their area plan, which is a sub area plan of the master plan. So it makes sense that the master plan is the driver as the more broader plan, making recommendations for some of these sub area plans. And we know that the area plan is one of the, one of the oldest sub area plans um, and in desperate need of an update. And the focus is, is that they, there's the area plan and the West Steamboat um, the West Steamboat Plan, which is really confusing that we have the two. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of um, overlap in both of them and city staff and my staff have made recommendations to city council and to the Board of County Commissioners to actually combine those two plans into one. Um, so, and, and through the master plan, we have identified that as, as the priority plan to update next. The city, um, their timing on even taking on that effort isn't um, gonna be until like the timing actually works out perfectly. They won't even be able to get to updating the area plan until um, about the same time this plan is gonna be adopted, if not a little bit later. Um, just based on staffing, but we have to think about budgets. It's a joint plan of jointly adopted plans. So we, you know, city council and the board of county commissioners need to agree on the scope of the project, you know, and budget and all the rest that comes along with it. Well, the APCC makes recommendations on how that's going to unfold. And um, so we actually had a meeting on Wednesday, right, Roberta? And um, we have a joint meeting scheduled for May 10th, I believe. And um, it is a joint meeting with the Board of County Commissioners and City Council. They typically meet quarterly, um, and not quarterly, that's not quarterly, twice a year um, to a normal joint meeting. And they just have a whole bunch of sort of things on the agenda. Um, and typically, Rebecca, Bessie, the director from the city and myself um, make a presentation about APCC and our long range planning efforts. Um, so there is going to be a recommendation of just that, what I just told you about the timing of updating the plan. Uh, Rebecca and I need to do some legwork about the old plan and how the split was budget wise. We need to look about funding sources, see if DOLA has any grants that we can tap into to help with the efforts, knowing that, you know, it's going to be pretty costly considering the last plan for the area, the Steamboat Springs area plan was adopted in 2004. 
And that cost about $250,000, somewhere in that range back in 2004. Um, so, you know, and just knowing, you know, what the costs of our master plan and just some of the plans that the city is currently um, in the midst of the, um, the base area plan, they just completed the downtown plan. Um, anyway, the next meeting for APCC is going to be um, in July. So this committee meets quarterly and um, it's the third Wednesday of, of the month at nine in the morning. And currently we're also in a Zoom format. So um, we don't need to assign somebody now if you want to mull it over or if somebody really wants to do it that's great to play well, Andy's that got his hand up Christy. Andy's got his hand oh. up oh Andy <laughs> where are you oh, you just moved yeah you know I I did that for half a second there and I found it to be kind of non-functional um, and I I'm glad to hear that the plans are being addressed because I think with some of the things we've seen in the past, I would argue that neither of those plans function very well. Um, just with the some of the uh, issues with having any approvals of things out there in the west of Steamboat, it's been the primary area of growth for so long, and it it still is struggling to see anything happen over there. Um, so I'm glad to hear that. Um, I don't know if the APCC will, will remain a functional body. Cause again, I thought it kind of really focused more on the needs of Steamboat versus uh, being inclusive to the entire county. That was my personal opinion. Yeah, it, and, and those are some you know good comments, Andy, because the committee in the past, like I said, it, it was pretty, it was, it was hard to get somebody to be on the committee um, for good reason, however, um, one of the things that we worked on um, and su successfully did, and, and it was a little brutal to go through, is that that plan, the area plan, and lessons learned of what not to do, there were over like 150 action items in that plan currently. And, um, and essentially what happened was, and what I understood to happen was, basically any comment that a community member made just got added to the plan. And there was a lot of redundancy. There was um, action items that just really weren't even um, attainable or, um, or the accountability for that. And most of them were city action items because it's a city plan. There were ones that were the county. Um, so one of the tasks we worked on over the past year and a half was going through all those action items and narrowing down the 150 to five each <laughs> priorities for the county and for the city. And, um, and then, you know, the recommendation was to essentially, we got rid of the ones that were either completed, you know, we did status updates for them. We got rid of the ones that, you know, were redundant, like I said, so we narrowed it down and, and did a good job of that. And now there's just been this talk, it started with the update of the master plan and the city's definite appetite to update the area plan. As we all know, the, the problems and issues with no development happening in the West Steamboat in all this time. And that both those plans and the master plan and our 
um, our summary of the plan update of the master plan that you all just heard, everything points to West Steamboat as the area for growth. And we really need to have better coordination, which we do now um, with the city and the county working together on that jointly adopted plan to, to create a plan that makes sense. And, um, and it's not gonna create development. And that's, that's been a misconception for quite some time. Plans don't create development, but you know, they definitely can drive development and make recommendations. And you know, part of the, the biggest problems is all the annexation um, language, which has been amended over time but we really need to look at that more. And, um, and it definitely needs to be a true joint effort by the county and the city. And I think through our master plan update process, we're gonna get some really good, um, I think bulleted points that we can you know, use as groundwork and pull out of this process to use in the update of the area plan. Yeah, I was sorry I missed your um, presentation um, I did go and look at the storyboard and really liked, you know, what I saw there, the interactiveness of it. Um, I, I see a lot of functionality in that, uh, in making, giving good direction for the update of the master plan. So again, I apologize, uh, a sporting event. I, I missed it because of that. Um, those, those volleyball games four hours away. Well, you know, the, she's, she's one dedication. She, well, she's one of one and it's coming here to the end of her uh, career. So it's been, it's been fun to see. Um, but I, I really, and you had mentioned that the maps weren't centering. I did not find that to be the case when I viewed it, um, the storyboard. Um, they were all centered and easy to use. Good. Yeah. Uh, Brian has his hand up and also Steve wanted to make a comment. Uh, Roberta, did you serve on this APCC for a while? No, I, this is this was my first meeting. This, I this dragged week. her on. <laughs> what okay, was your so reaction to it? Well, um, <laughs> I, I agree that it feels with Andy that it feels very city focused. Some of that might be because it's run by uh, a, a city council member and um, and yet I, I got something out of it um, she she talked a little bit when I talked about she Rebecca the planning director from the city mm -hmm. um, she talked about aside from the interaction whether or not the county and the city are willing to fund a staff person to help or a consultant to help pay for this update to the area plan she spent a little bit of time talking about short-term rentals, which I think was an item that Troy had requested when he was on the committee. Um, but what she said, the city feels like they don't have enough data on how short-term rentals are really working in the city. Um, within the mountain area, apparently, they already have to get some sort of permit, and they have data on that. But outside of the mountain area, the city's not sure. And they hear obviously from both sides of the issue. There are the second homeowners and the people who support the second homeowners, the realtor community, who believe that, gee, a lot of these folks couldn't afford to have a second home and the units would be empty anyway. So what's the harm in renting them out short term? 
And then you've got the affordable housing and the workforce housing folks in the community who are saying, wait a minute, those are rental units that, you know, we could be using to rent to our workforce. So because they don't have enough data uh, to understand exactly what's going on outside of the mountain area, they are going to be requiring licenses in the city for short-term rentals outside of the mountain area. And they're gonna be A, having a checklist to make sure that there's safety items are being met in those units. So like smoke alarms and that kind of thing. But they're also gonna be collecting data that then they can hopefully use to analyze and come up with a policy about how to handle short-term rentals. And I know this is something that we're struggling with on this committee. So um, I think it'd be interesting to watch that process. Yeah, um, and when when they continue to have meetings on on their next steps, I mean, they're kind of in the beginning of it. Um, Greg's part of the process. He's part of <laughs> maybe the solution. I don't know. You know more. <laughs> yeah, we're just but, about to pick the program. So hopefully we get a really good program where it's going to be automated for, you know, finding all the bad listings and then getting them all so that uh, we can get them uh, registered. So we're pretty excited with it and we're thinking that it, we're going in the right direction, but we're really relying on technology to kind of bring all this correlation together so that we can figure it out. Yeah, Greg um, is currently, he works under Rebecca um, in the planning department as their code enforcement officer. And they are, um, he's part of this new project and they have brought on a consultant to help come up with a solution to short-term rentals. Uh, Andy, you have your hand up. I just wanted to add that, um, you know, I worked with Rebecca when she was on um, planning staff, Route County planning staff, and I think Rebecca's awesome. I, you know, it, it has nothing to do with the people on the committee. Um, I agree with, you know, what Roberta said it is of just a, a very focused and driven thing that more. It's city centric for city sure. Centered. Um, but we have so many areas. Area plan is city based. Yeah. And we have so many, we have so many areas where we overlap and interact. And I think it is a good thing. I just, you know, I, I hope that the format works itself out a little bit, but I, I think Rebecca's awesome. She was great. Well, I think that's why, you know, I'm strongly advocating for representation on, on the board. And, you know, obviously it is a city plan, um, but there is overlap into the county on the West End. And, you know, we, we do want a voice and to be part of the process as we move forward. So that is my pitch. And um, we'll see, um, I won't, unless there's somebody who's dying to be on it um, right now. If not, um, you can email me if you want more um, material on it. I can send you some information if you wanna think about it. Um, just, just reach out to me and we can talk about it. And then if I don't hear anybody jumping up and uh, volunteering, I'm gonna put everybody on the spot at our next meeting. <laughs> Brian. I'm muted. I can't hear you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that, um, just looking at our schedule. So the next meeting um, will be an interesting agenda. 
we have the item tonight, which will which was tabled to the May sixth agenda, and um, it's uh, I think we definitely have heard from a lot of people in the community for and against it. So that's going to be interesting. And then um, we also have a gravel pit renewal application for the Fentress pit. Um, and so those are the two items we have scheduled on the 6th. Beyond that right now, we have a couple of applications in the pipe, but they have not been deemed complete yet to schedule them. Uh, as, as I've been noting, we have a lot of lot consolidations. We have a ton of building envelope adjustments. Um, those are all administrative type applications. The lot consolidations, as you know, go on your consent agenda. We have done that purposely to help streamline and promote consolidations in Stagecoach and Steamboat Lake. Um, so as you all know, you've been seeing a lot of those on your agenda as of late. Um, and then I also have an interesting application. Um, I might have mentioned this last time, um, but we're working something out with the applicants. But you'll be hopefully hearing soon in a special use permit for a camping, aka glamping operation in South Route um, outside of Yampa. So that's going to be an interesting one as well. So um, those are the ones that are on my radar, but we get calls every day and we may get five applications next week or, or not at all, but um, this is the time of year we start ramping up. So I'll continue to keep you informed. And if anybody has any questions, reach out. I emailed Ren, Paul and Jim about meeting next week. Um, and I will see what works best on, looks like Thursday may be the best day. Paul, um, I don't know if you've seen that email yet, but um, it will just be an hour long discussion with the three of us just to go over formalities and, you know, Q&A and things like that. Um, so just let me know if Thursday seems to be the better day, what time works. I'm pretty flexible on that day. Okay. All right. And I think that's, that's all I have. Do we need Steve to formally? Uh... Steve? <laughs> um, I'm going to call this meeting adjourned. <laughs> All right. Sweet. Awesome. We're adjourned. Okay. Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Good night. Thank, thank you. Christy, I'll get back to you about the meeting this week. Thank you. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Have a good night. Thank Bye, you. Linda. Bye, Steve. Sarah, thanks again. Yeah, I don't know um, what happened here. We started off so well. Yeah, <laughs> you know, best laid plans.